great. Let's make this amazing. Hi. Hi. This is for the girls podcast. This is Nick Westrate. This is Jason Black. And uh, this is a podcast about mm, fandom. Yeah, yeah. This is a podcast about uh, celebrating the fabulous lady performers of our lives. This is a podcast where divas stand divas. This is a podcast for all you jazzy queens. This is a podcast for all you sassy ladies. Uh, who do we have today? Today we have the great Molly Pope. Oh. Hi, Molly. Hey, you guys. What's up? <laughs> Molly. This is, is Diva on Diva right this now. This is Diva on Diva. Molly <laughs> is an amazing uh, cabarettist, yep. singer, actor, yeah. um, all-around person. Uh-huh. I don't want to like spill my truth right now because I'm going to totally be doing this at the end. But like, we were struggling with our research for who are we doing? Sarah Vaughn, specifically her Vaughn, her album with Michelle Legrand. Very specifically, you're like yeah, I very like, specifically want to do this album, and it's actually called Sarah Vaughn with Michelle Legrand. And so Nick and I were struggling doing our work about Sarah Vaughn because we got tripped up on the Molly Pope YouTube. Oh dear, mm-hmm. they're all they're like vintage at this point. We fell down the we Molly fell Pope down, YouTube, and it's fun. Hole. And I'm going to promote it. I have some hits that I want to tell you. They're so kids old. Kids to listen to. So okay, art. okay. I have like one. I have I have like two new you videos from a Linda Ronstadt. Oh, right, that one's that Linda newish. Ronstadt yeah, is good. I have two new uh, videos from. Anyway, yes. Let's go. Let's dive into the. Vintage. So we're divas on divas, and that's fun. This is kind of a little bit new for us. It right? is. You're our first diva to ever be on. You're the show. Well, thank you so much. Diva. Well, I prefer the term aspiring gay icon but yeah. whatever, whatever I'm not gonna be so presumptuous as just to be like that, I am one I'm aspiring I've been aspiring for a long time so in your bio it's cabarettist mm-hmm. aspiring gay icon it depends on the venue if we add the <laughs> aspiring gay, gay icon at the Baptist church you kind of remove that no that's where we definitely put it in you are the, oh, it's more like Provincetown where I'm like we don't need that yeah. <laughs> you are though you're one of the great aspiring or rising gay icons you know you and Martha Graham Cracker and oh. Bridget Everett, you know, all yeah. of our amazing. Uh, I feel like I really do feel in the company. Well, like of the the like the, the renaissance of like cabaret, but that is not how shall I put this so politely above Fourteenth Street, right? You know, yeah. uh, of a, of a it's a di- it feels like a new different crop generation creative. Uh, world than say like the Karen Masons and that right. that universe Liz, uh, that, Liz that defined cabaret for however you know many decades it did and not feels like there's a, another world of Aaron Markey and Cola Scola mm-hmm. and people who uh, really started in the um, I hate the I hate the term downtown because it feels like you can just say Dixon Place. <laughs> I actually saw you at the Dixon Place like years ago in like some workshop of a play. I think you were playing a mother. Oh, the Dan Fishback's the material. Yes, one. yes, it was fabulous. Yeah, that's yeah. Okay, what are we? T- so what are we here okay. for? What are we here? What are we communing with? You told us specifically kind of your vibe on how you interact with your 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 um, fandom of fandom of Sarah Vaughn. Oh it, sh- yeah, um, I think. Well, the I think the first time I I kind of like tried to piece together because I was uh, my grandma raised me on the Great American Songbook, so I'm not even necessarily a musical theater person. I'm much more Great American Songbook, and of course for you know at least the first half of the 20th century, the two were like the same thing. But if it was written after Pippin, chances are I don't really know it. Uh, <laughs> and she, uh, you know, the Nat King Cole, like so much Nat King Cole, Frank Sinatra, Ella Fitzgerald, Judy Garland, like all the standards. And I think it was. Uh, like a compilation album that I got either at Starbucks because suburban Pittsburgh, that Starbucks was like, culture has come to you. (laughs) (laughs) Either a Starbucks compilation CD or one that I got at Borders because we had a Borders and I would spend a lot of time. Borders rip. Yeah, uh, like great ladies of American songs. So I think that was probably the first time I heard Sarah Vaughn and I think it was either her recording of Black Coffee or Smoke Gets in Your Eyes. And my grandma was a huge fan of Ella Fitzgerald. And so I was like, oh my God, Grandma, Sarah Vaughn, can you even? And she was just like, not, not into it. And I was like, that wasn't her girl. You're not, this is not, this is not your thing. And I was like, okay, but that was just really like, that's weird. Is that weird. when you and Grandma broke up? Um, <laughs> no, unfortunately I needed her to buy the bottles of wine yeah. when we would stay up and watch TCM until 2 a.m. Yeah, you know? as all 10-year-olds and yeah. the grandmas do. Oh, I can't even. But that was just, I remember that, I remember that so distinctly as being like, wait, this isn't one of grandma's favorites? What does that, what does that mean? Your first existential crisis. <clears throat> yeah. Could grandma put into words why she didn't like it? 
no, I just remember her just like not not being into it. You know, really the uh, she was also an Edie Gourmet. Like she had so it was maybe it was an an early instance of oh wow people have their things that are like their things mm. and we will not necessarily uh, always be super into the same thing. She was also a big Tony Bennett fan. Um, so uh, so uh, you found her on one of those like, yeah, mixed CDs yeah, that were so prevalent. Yeah, I remember yeah. like where you're like samplers, these, yeah, samplers. yeah, great ladies sing Gershwin, all of those. Uh-huh. And um, I, I think that I started out pretty much like the uh, 1940s, 1950s, like her, the peak of her, I'd say, popular recording. You know, her one big radio hit was a song called Broken Hearted Melody that's really not necessarily her regular fare, but it's super cute. It's super catchy. Is it more pop? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, and then I think it was this album. I don't remember if... I was just like looking through YouTube. I don't remember what from this album came up first. According to iTunes, I bought it in April of 2007, which really like <laughs> lines up. I was like, right, of course. Um, Why does that line up? I was, what was I, 25? And I had just gone through like the worst breakup of my life. And I'm not even talking about the divorce. This was like... You're talking about grandma again. No, grandma was gone <laughs> by then. And if she had been around, it might have been different. Oh, um, but just like that final stand of... Like the moment that you realize that Kathy and Heathcliff didn't wind up happy, they wound up dead. And you're like, wait, what actually is love? Like what actually is true love? So this, like, this breakup was like a bonfire of... Shit. So many feelings. So many feelings. And then... So intense. So intense. You feel so much, though, when you're 25. Oh, my God. <laughs> or when you're manic bipolar. Yeah, too. <laughs> uh, a little bit so, of <laughs> Right? Both. Right? Would you like all of the emotions? Yeah. Because they're right here. Uh, and I think that was also... Was that the year that Passing Strange played the public? Which is also like... I'm like, wow, 2007 was a year of a lot of things in my life and then also um this album that i again i wish i could remember like what song i heard first i love what a detective you were before you came onto this show though you were like i'm gonna figure out when i first got this record oh we also say like right now she's like being very detective because she has a spreadsheet i have three three pages of single spaced notes i included pagination in the (laughs) right hand corner because there are three pages and i don't want to get confused so does jason yes Yes, I. Yep. Mm-hmm. 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 So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, uh, uh, I think um, it's kind of what I. This is going to sound really douchey, but I truly mean this in all sincerity. Uh, I tend to have <laughs> physical responses to music that really resonates with me. Now, I don't mean like throwing myself on the floor, but I mean it's like there's like a like uh, there's just like a physical response that may not even manifest to the outward. That when it's just like something is like, oh, this is it's just like, uh, like grabs me. And yeah, in a particular way. And I kind of like feel it in the pit of my stomach. And this entire album to me is what I call visceral listening. Because mm. you can't you can't really like have it on in the background. It's like for me, it's always been this. When I listen to this, this is like the primary thing that's going on with me because uh I can't do anything else but like focus on listening to this music when I listen to it because it's just so, uh, I mean, there are so many ingredients that are working so incredibly beautifully together. Like, first of all, I have read the orchestra was over 100 musicians that recorded live with her. And there are, I've seen two photos of Sarah Vaughn and Michelle Legrand in the recording space. And one Mm. of them, oh my God, here we go. She's like in profile and he's next to her like, you can see he's like he's like looking at her and going like with his hands off to the side and you're like oh my god he's like in the middle of like conducting her as an instrument with the orchestra because that's a lot of what i love about her voice is that's like that's a musical instrument because Mm -hmm. of what she can do with it that i've never heard anyone else ever do and she's got that uh incredibly low range that she got older which is actually my favorite Sarah Vaughn is the later mm. when she because I'm 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 truly like a female baritone and I have like a Rosalind Russell kind of lower range and so to constantly feel like my singing voice like my belt tops out at a B that means I can't play any of the roles that require consistencies like in Annie Get Your Gun or Funny Girl or like literally if Jerry Herman didn't write it I can't sing it but Sarah Vaughn as she got older like this to hear 
a voice like that sing that low in a way that wasn't apologetic isn't the word but you know like i i'm constantly whatever and this is i put this on myself but like i'm really tired of asking if we can like lower the key <laughs> because it feels like so anticlimactic and i'm like i know it's really not but that technica that technical thing uh-huh. of like if it's a belt below a c it's not exciting we're not you know just like that's what it feels like and the, and the premium that's placed on that higher register right do you think that's a fad the high belting thing like a high, like a Broadway kind of fad. That's yeah, been like going just on like, for like a while. I also can't oh, riff. That's... When I try to riff, it's like bricks falling downstairs. So there's my voice is <laughs> not a riff. Built. To, what is what is a riff? What are you talking about? I'm Mariah Carey. I just exactly. Riffed. So I just Jason, riffed. Jason's known for his. Riffs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's so gonna, that's, um, gonna be, that's gonna be fun for everyone to listen. Eat to. Eat it, Celine. <laughs> I appreciate just that low, incredibly rich tone that she developed later and um she Be- because she had because she so she, so literally Sarah Vaughn has like no less than 50 albums studio yeah. albums like it is she has had a massive amount of work uh-huh. and she started in the 40s? Uh, early 1940s, she mm-hmm. won uh, Amateur Night at the Apollo, and her, the first gig for that was opening for Ella Fitzgerald. And then we're coming at her at 72? Yes. Is that right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, so she's later, a, a little bit later in life, has kind of developed this... And in terms of, you know, because I did look into sort of where she was at this point in her career, she had been three or four years without a record contract leading up to this. Whoa. Then she mm-hmm. signed with... It wasn't, shoot, I can't remember the name of, of the label. She did an album in 71 that was covers, like uh, Marvin Gaye, Bob Dylan. Yeah, that was her kind of pop album. It was called yeah, Time she, In like, My Life. We listened yeah. to some of it. It's oh, yeah? good, yeah, huh? So, and then she does, uh, so this album, she chose all the material. And she was like, I like this composer. I want to work with him. So it's And this composer is really specific. Yes. Right? And he works with the songwriting the Bergmans, duo. The Bergmans. How fabulous, Bergmans. right? Aren't they just fabulous? But this is also, you know, we could, you know, if he was a, a female or a female identifying, we could also make this a Michelle Legrand podcast as well, because he's a legend of specifically music for film. And it's worth noting that almost every single song on this album is associated with a film. And I think that's associated is with the Bergmans because every song is is the is, is yes there are two the Bergmans. Th- th- there are two that had original French lyrics that somebody else did, um, but I think the Bergmans did the English lyrics. Yeah, because they also translated "Windmill of My Mind" yes. with him, mm-hmm. and that's kind of one of their yeah, famous they were also movies. Like, uh, yeah, they were Barbara's people. Of course, of course, and she recorded uh, a lot of these songs yes. as well. Yeah, when I was looking at it, I was like, wow, this is like half of this Barbara's done. Yeah, but what's really interesting is. So I don't know if you're familiar with the Barbara version of What Are You Doing the Rest of Your Life? Yes, That's I am. on the yes. Just for the Record that yeah. starts with her like in the recording mm-hmm. studio. Okay, great. We're... But the, this album is also so interesting because he kind of like explodes these songs as they would have been generally known at that point. So all the songs are from like 1967 to 1972. She recorded this in 72. So these are like all new songs. So many of them were time. from like, right. yeah. Um, People had heard these songs on the radio. Which is yeah. funny because for me, they sound so much like standards yeah. to my ear now. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Because, yeah. Yeah. So these were all uh, like, um, what's the song? His Eyes, Her Eyes from uh, the Thomas Crown Affair. Right. That is just like, she takes it to this completely unbelievable place. Or Summer Me, Winter Me that as like Frank Sinatra recorded it and Barbara Streisand recorded it is like, it's like a nice, it's like a nice, it's a nice song. It's a lovely song. But here it's like, no, there are so many tempo changes on this album. It's unreal, <laughs> unreal. And that's where it gets to be so satisfying because like, this is Michelle Legrand. Like the whole, the whole like crafting of this album seems like it was such uh, stimulating, like him, he's in the room conducting the orchestra and her at the same time. So this is like in the moment of oh, what's she doing? Okay, pull back. Or like, I'm so obsessed mm. with your enthusiasm because my the little <laughs> research that I did. Just kidding. For years, I've been researching Sarah Vaughan. This isn't really considered, I think, one of her main albums. No, but it's, so I'm so obsessed that you have taken this and you've done the most beautiful thing, which is like, this is mine, and I'm going to hold this up to this 
I'm going to celebrate this thing that it deserves. I had a friend over last night, and I, I was telling him what I was doing today, and I was like, have I told you about this album? And he was like, yes, Molly. I've <laughs> so there's like, I feel like an ambassador. Kenny Melman is also yes. a big ambassador of this album. There's wow. just like a, a mutual like, yeah, this is like the real, we're not fucking around with this album. We're going for a deep dive into this is my some church. really big feelings. Yeah. Yeah. So start us at the beginning. Yes, where, okay. do, we, where do we go, Molly? Track number take one. Us, take us there, Molly. <laughs> Track um, number one, The Summer Knows. The Summer Knows, which is from the movie The Summer 42. Um, it is worth noting, was that... Oh, no, that was a different one. Um, uh, 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 so, oh, the theme from Summer of 42 won a Grammy. So it wasn't the version that she recorded, but, like, the, you know, the theme being, like, the just the instrumental of it that, like, opens the film. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, I, <laughs> oh my God, you guys, are she's crazy. <laughs> Three hours later. <laughs> so let's move on to song number two, Molly. No, no, no. Because I really think part of what makes this album so genius is it's, so like this song sets the stage. To me, it is like, it is summertime. It is that haze. I was actually like, oh, this reminds me of uh, that beach in Provincetown. And it begins with an H and you have to like walk through a mile through like wetlands to actually get to the beach. So mm-hmm. this song feels like we're walking to the beach, we get to the beach, we're like dipping our toe in the water. When the beat kicks in, we're like out swimming. And it has the, the beautiful, um, at the end, uh, the lyrics, um, one last caress, it's time to dress for fall. So it's this beautiful like, enjoy this, but it's not going to last. Someone knows the sees the doubts within your eyes and so she takes her Album seasonally. Yes, I this do. is intensely a summer album. Okay, you can I listen ask, in the winter, but it is intensely a summer do album. You, I, because I have that, and I don't. I feel like I'm now outing myself and never talk about this on the pod. Kids, you learn ever something about me every every, <laughs> every fucking every week. week. Just, just reveal, reveal, reveal. <laughs> and here I'm peeling back the layer. But I do love albums that are seasonal for me. Mm-hmm. That have just stamps on it. And I was listening to you know I I, I lived in New York and I moved to LA and I. Um, was walking kind of by the water, um, by the Hudson, mm-hmm. and um, I was listening to this album, and I was like, this is a summer album to Big me. Time. I was The trees were hitting me and shading me, and there were kind of, everything was just kind of dancing to this mm-hmm. album, and I was like, I hope Molly sees this album as I just experienced it yesterday, this kind of moody summer's like Eve album. Oh, yeah. Mm. yeah. You know? Yeah. Like an evening album <coughs> of the summer. It's also like, whatever, <laughs> whatever, yes, yes to all of these things. Because, like, I do want to, like, get through talking about all the songs, but, like, I could just go off endlessly. And, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I tend to, like, really uh, pay attention to and pick up on when an album is the, like, oh, this is a journey. Like, this is, this is crafted. This is, none of this is a, none of this is, like, oh, let's just do a bunch of songs. This is, like, no, this is, like, a, so The Summer Knows is almost, like, is it a mission statement? I'm not sure, but it feels like a very subtle 
like pulling us into the world of this album. And the strings on this album are, I mean, all of the instrumentation, but the strings especially, it's so fascinating how, uh, Sarah Vaughn's voice and the orchestrations are working toward the same place, but it's not, you know, it's, they're not, you know, sometimes there's like tension between what mm-hmm. the singer's doing and, and that's, and that's good and great, but this feels like they are so closely enmeshed that you have, uh, uh, and the strings do a lot of just really, really. And that's, and that's Michelle Legrand's work too. Yeah. I mean, that's the work of a great conductor yeah, won, to make uh, it that holistic. He won a Grammy for, Best instrumentation for a vocalist. So basically, he won a Grammy for his orchestrations, his arrangements of this entire album. Wow, is like definitely worth worth noting. Uh, yeah, so so we get pulled out to sea. Yep, mm-hmm. We get we're we get we're swimming, yep. but we're told that this isn't going to last yep. forever. Which yep. takes us to what are you doing for the rest of your life? Which is, I think, the best the best song on the album. And I have the like distinct memory of. It must have been the first time I was listening through. And the summer knows, I was like, oh, that's a really good rendition of that song. That is awesome. And then What Are You Doing the Rest of Your Life started, and it comes out of the gate with that burst You probably heard horns. that song before, right? Yeah, the, bar- yeah, the, yeah, the Barbara. Barbara. Yeah, the Barbara. Yeah, the intimate the Barbara. Barbara. Yeah. The Barbara. Mm-hmm. The Barbara. Um, and I love how a lot of the horns sound like his uh, stuff uh, in the 60s, like Umbrellas of Cherbourg, how he uses the horns on this album. Just It's a tangential mm. thought. <laughs> but it comes out of the gate with this like horn blasting, here we come, and then it pulls back to her in like the basement of her voice. North and south and east and west of your life I have only one request of your life That you spend it all with me tempo would show up at this point and then it, it you know like and then the tempo kicks in and it just like all of the different like it breaks down and I think like five different movements and um there's the one I wrote it down is it uh, oh like two minutes and 18 seconds <laughs> kids are you listening at two minutes <laughs> at two minutes, at two minutes and 18 seconds, seconds. you pause, will hear pause this podcast. it's when um she doubles her own voice on the lyrics Dumb. waiting deep she doubles it. Wow, cool. So, like, she sing Those Tomorrows Waiting Deep, and then you hear her another layer of her going deep, and there's just, like, this, like, 10 to 15 seconds of her voice echoing itself. In the And I like I have chills now. That was the that was like the visceral moment when I was like, oh wait a minute, what 
it like it's I remember it stopped me cold and I felt like I have never I've never heard anything like this in my life and that so that was the moment when when I was like greatness has this is this is a big this is going to be a big thing in my life so your answer to the question of the song what are you doing the rest of your life is listening to this fucking album yeah I could this this is my desert island album Oh, wow. Because it never, the more you listen to it, the more you can hear. The more I'm like, oh, what the percussion just did there? It's just, and well, there's you, so much going on. It's sonically. so it's rich. lush. Yeah. yeah, I was walking over here and I was listening to. It's dense. I would use the word dense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the, there are so many layers and just like her vocal choices will never get boring because it, the, way, the way in which uh, she invests in every note that is really not necessarily the way an actor, like a singing actor, would do it. That it feels more. It's just like she's just like playing her voice. Is that what you that's talk? jazz singing. Oh, yeah. go ahead, honey. Yeah, yeah we, we are, we're 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 vibing. We're, we're vibing. Question. Can you can you talk a little bit more about the difference you see between a singing actor and a singing uh, a singer musician? I guess would be the opposite or the. Yeah, I think it's that her her approach always seems to be from the side of my voice is an instrument. Hmm. And it is through <clears throat> not necessarily like making acting or maybe it's interpretive choices, but it's the choice. It's how she, the sound that she chooses or the vowel the tonality space. tonality of it or, too, I feel like she's interested Yeah, because in. she like, she can make it. So, well, first of all, she had, you know, uh, first soprano type, you know, way up top. And that's also part of the amazingness of her voice is consistently throughout this album, she goes from like a low C up to a, I don't know what, because I can't sing that high. But the way she just plays up and down, up and down, up and down, and you never feel like there's any loss of quality. It's just endlessly different qualities to her voice. Wow. And so maybe that's why it hits me so viscerally, because it's like, it feels, it feels like some sort of like pure form of emotional expression. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so then we're taking the, and then we go, then, it, then. So this is where you hitched your ride to the album. This was sick. Yes. Right now we're only on track two. Yes. So let's get to that track. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Um, then... So I was not able to figure out, oh, no, no, no. Once you've been in love, um, <laughs> I finally did figure out it's from a movie called One is a Lonely Number, and it's Ooh. about a divorce. <laughs> Surprise. Oh. But actually, I didn't know what most of these songs were from until like years later. So that that was really interesting to become deeply invested in these songs and not know the context under which they were written, only mm. know them in the context of this album and oh. how this album strings together. Once You've Been In Love, I think is the first time on the album we hear like some of the, the Bergmans really, really, God, they were such good lyricists. Right. And the ways in which uh, it's set up is sort of like this song, the lyrics are like constantly, it's a trade-off. Uh, once I was sure how real it was, now I long to forget it ever was. Like there's like this song is constantly once you once you have uh, dreamed in someone's arms, once you've shared the dawn, and like one, after you've heard the song of songs, what other song will do? Once you awake in someone's arms, once you have shared the dawn. Once you have glimpsed the face of love flow, the space of love you're someone else forever. Once you have dreamed in someone's arms, how can you dream alone? Once you have known the joys of time, smiles of time, can you walk alone across the miles of time? This one's so good. After your eyes are dazzled by the sunlight. Oh, how long before they grow accustomed to the dark of winter? That's wow. as 25 year old. 
heart feeling all the feelings again. Oh right. So I was like, okay, this is like three to five days after the breakup <laughs> when you're like just like you've like just lifted your head up off the pillow and this is this is very on the end. But with so many memories, where do you begin once you've been in love? It's just it's so it's so like lives in that like three to five days after he ended it because he definitely ended it. He definitely ended it. Where's he now? I don't care. Good. Perfect. I don't care. He's just the vessel. (laughs) To get you to this record. Yeah, Yeah, I don't care because I got this album. (laughs) Yeah, I got the, yeah, this album resonates because of my interaction with you. So uh, that's good enough. Thank you for that. Goodbye. Thank you so much. Yeah, Once You've Been In Love feels um, very raw. And vulnerable and uh, that like astounded at what has happened and just trying to start making some sense of what just happened. Hmm. And now we're moving on to my favorite track on the album. Oh, it's such a bop. It's, it's, a, it's kind of the bop on the it album. Really it really is. all the tingles just when it starts in that Yeah, very and she does, she starts way. like down the octave and then yeah. she's like, let me just do this up the octave next. Well, I mean, singles again, even think about it. This is, yeah, y'all, yeah. this is the song. This is, so, uh, it's Hands of Time, which is a theme from uh, Brian's song, the made-for-TV movie about uh, starring Ryan O'Neal. Yeah, that's where this song came from. And it does, it's my favorite song to sing in my head when I'm swimming. Because it's such like, and you can like slow down the tempo if you need to. But that... Are you a swimmer? If the hands of time were hands that I could hold, I'd keep them warm and in my hands they'd not turn cold. Hand in hand we'd choose. The moments that should last The lovely moments that should have no future and no past The summer from the top of a sweet The comfort in the song But most of all the moment when love first touched me. Hands of Time is such a good, um, like, the world is not ending. I'm also not the happiest I've ever been, but I can keep going. Yeah, it's not a full joyful bop. It's like a mysterious bop. That's the thing that I love about it. There's always like... Uh, just the tiniest hint of a dark edge, like right. on every single one of these songs, right. no matter this how happy album. it is. There's always that, or is it just like there's a sense that this won't last, or you know whatever it is. They're not like unabashedly super duper happy. No, there's a, it's a melancholy. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, not, it's not like a sad, yeah. kind of thing. It's not sad. It's just there's yeah. a, a little melancholy, a little irony to each yeah. one of the songs. And this song so feels great. like like you've accepted that. You get it. You get what life's about. Do you know what kind of reminds me of when you like kind of smirk at like a memory? Mm-hmm. When, you, when like something comes up and you're kind of like, hmm. Like, you know that kind mm-hmm. of, hmm. I did that. That was there. Mm-hmm. Like, not necessarily really good or bad, but like, yeah. this, yeah. this, this, you know things now. This album kind of gives me memories. Yes. Well, also lived for, in memories. That's yeah. right, right? For where she is in her career, too, and her age at the time, it's... And when you were saying that she doesn't really quite... She's, she's not, like, trying to, like... In, tr- uh, trying to tell the story with emotion. I always feel like The little that I know of her is that she's trying to tell the... She's interested in the experiment. And, and, and that's what it seems to be exciting her. She's like, if I take this, this octave down... Yeah. Which is a, and that's going to be kind of unusual. Like, the, the instrument... Like, I'm yeah. just going to play it in this way and, tr- and try to see what I can get from there as opposed to, like, coming from your gut or your soul. Yeah, have you heard... So she... Sending the Clowns became a staple for her. Yes. Um, her signature number. And then... Should uh, we play a Who's Sending the Clowns' Best Game at some point? 
We could. We could. But have I you think also I know heard you come down on. her recording of Maria from West Side Story? So oh, she did. No. Oh, my God. She, they're deconstructions of those songs. Like her sending the clowns, you know, the moment when she's like, in my career. <laughs> she like flutters above it and then she's just like, Desiree fucking hates her career. <laughs> uh, uh, but that, so I think if I could have like any, um, this is cliche probably, but I would want to hear her do a Sondheim album based on, so she did I Feel Pretty, which is fairly standard, but it's bouncier. She's playing around with it a lot more. I feel like she would just like take a stick of dynamite to every single song as we know it mm-hmm. based on what she did with, what, three or four. I love that. It's something that our diva does, I think, Bette Midler, who's our diva, like the way she can reappropriate a song or like she does with like, Do You Want to Dance or Under uh-huh, the Boardwalk uh-huh. and just completely turn it on its head. Yeah. And she's not the musical arranger of those songs, but that was what she was interested in, was yeah. figuring out how to take old things and make them new yeah. again, which is really cool. Yeah. Recontextualize. Okay, okay, so wait. listen to okay, our great. bop, Hands of Time, while you're swimming, multiple <laughs> uh, laps in the pool. And then when you really want to get in your feelings, you're <laughs> yeah. going to listen to I Was Born in Love With yeah, You. Yeah, come above Which, water you guys, you guys, you guys, you guys. This is from the, wait, what was it, wait, what year was it? 1970 Wuthering Heights starring Timothy Dalton. You're welcome. Whoa, <laughs> cool. a classic. Never seen it. Never seen it. I mean, never seen it either. Never seen it. Never, never seen it, but seen it's, it. sure it's a classic. Once you know that this was written for Wuthering Heights, you're like, oh, well, yeah, this makes sense. It's like the psychotic, the Strings are almost like I feel like they're um, they, they're almost giving us Hitchcock like the strings at the yes. beginning with the harp. There's just this is roiling, this is swirling, this is not good. Open my eyes in love with from another time, from another place, from another world, I remembered your face. I walked to find the way to you. Learned how to speak. To say to you, stay with me now through the mist of forever. I was born in love with you first. Saw the sun. In love I mean, it's just such a, uh, an excellent. It never names itself as obsessive love. It just like that, like I was born in love with you. I will die in love with you. That fatalistic. Your friends would be like, "Oh, honey, oh, honey, we need to talk." Has anyone ever? Has any? Have you ever gone on a date with someone like that? Have you ever been? With I've always like been that? the person that's like that. Oh, you're the you're the one. <laughs> I have never not been relegated to crazy ex girlfriend. That has been every every single breakup. So this song. Um, I didn't like, I didn't identify. I was like, it was more like, oh yes, I know this. I am familiar mm. with this. I have experienced this level of, well, so what would this be like a month into the romance when like you've gone through the first flush of like, <gasps> and then you're like, you are mine forever. Hmm. hmm. Gosh. Should be added to the conversation <laughs> of, you know, Kate Bush's, um, song as well like let's do an album of all songs that are about or inspired by Wuthering Heights <gasps> yes mm-hmm. are there <laughs> yes. other ones besides this and Kate Bush's I don't know <laughs> this is my tea everyone right in um, and then next is uh, I Will Say Goodbye so this was like the that breakup this was this was this, this is a journey this is this the like, journey this was like me John Cusack standing outside of his building with a boombox on my head like playing this to who, song. Though? But to who? Just this to is the world? The, no, this is the the big bad breakup that like figured so like basically every song about love on this album in some way hooked into uh him for me. Or a a broken hearted situation. So I will say goodbye. Um Is this your cry cue? Yes. I will say Thank you. 
About now, we're, so okay. okay, y'all, we're talking about riffing now. Yeah, yeah but it's not when she does it. It doesn't does sound like riffing. Song. It's not riffing. It's it's something else. But it is a manifestation of like her feeling that turmoil. Like her, she makes yeah. her voice like fully like on words like good and the goodbye and uh-huh. love. All the yeah. different thousand million things and she's that, feeling like, about that. Like that musical moment. exercise of it really is like she pulls herself together to be like. I just want you to know what you're saying and make sure that this is what you want and like tries to keep it together. And then that when she, uh, Sarah Vaughn, she just like flops like a fish down, down that like, hi, I have me say, and it's like, she can't keep it together. Mm-hmm. And that, that thing of like the, the, this, this felt so much like what I went through with this guy was it, it was almost like it, this didn't literally happen, but that thing of like, if the break wasn't clean and brutal, I would keep hope alive. Mm. And so to me, this song is, what, what, you is have the... to say to me, you are not my love. You are not my love. That like, in the song, it's the exercise of her articulating that. That's that act of, this needs to be a clean break and it needs to be brutal because I I can't be in a position to have any hope whatsoever that this might revive itself like fully break my heart yeah mm-hmm. and, and fully tell me like don't we're not, don't be we're there's not no friends. hope nope Mm-mm. we're not nope. going to go get coffee tomorrow nope. or walk our shared dog or any of this no it's like done. this is yeah dead done and you know it's funny to me i don't know why i was like oh like you can't even really you shouldn't even really be making pasta and listening to this because like when she does like the guttural yeah. kind of and then spinning up whatever that is it's not a riff it's a we don't even know yeah. Um, there's no term for it. That's how good it is. Uh-huh. You do just need to, you need to sit down and hear that because it's going to take your breath away. Because you're going to yeah. be kind of confused, and then you have to get engaged. And this is the thing where, like, this is my Desert Island album because it's full of moments where I'm like, wait, what is what is happening there? What is she doing there? Right. Oh, so this is one of the songs. I don't know. I couldn't figure out what it was from, but uh, 1968 with original lyrics in French, and then the Bergmans did the English. Just as a side note. To bring For up. I Will Say Goodbye? Yes. Wow. Um, next track is Summer Me, Winter Me, which you have sang. Oh. I love that song. I love this song. This song, it's, uh, God, like, the, co- the couple songs that, like, really groove on this album, like, really this groove. Grooves. Like, this, this one, you want to be walking like down the street. Okay, yeah. come on, I'm basic. I like the groovers. I love yeah. the groovers. Who does it? Yeah, Who I was does it? to this. Though. But okay. it also has, again, those, like, unbelievably charming lyrics, like, Summer me, winter me. How romantic And with is your that? kisses, morning me, evening Come me. Like, on. who came up with like that as the device for these lyrics? Yes. Because I can't. I plan to let you happily summer me, winter me, always be mine. But my favorite, uh, my favorite, and it gives me chills. I don't remember. I don't remember the minute mark for this. Um, <laughs> but when she says, "Suddenly, magically, we found each other. There we were. Here we are." Tender you. And all the way I'll velvet you, clover you I'll wrap you up in a ribbon you, a rainbow you And shower you with shine Ooh, oh, 
like I think ever since I got this album, there like I have associated this song with everyone I've like dated because it's such a like it's such a like happy without being annoying. And it's kind of yeah, it's giddy without being saccharine or something. Mm-hmm. It's it just is. like you can just swoon in oh, the Oh, oh, wander me, wander me, and by a peace <laughs> and by a fire, pleasure me peacefully. Okay. Ooh, all right. <laughs> okay. Yep, I love pleasure me peacefully. Pleasure me peacefully. I don't like anything to get too crazy. <laughs> but like, there's no need to do acrobatics. Like, put, but doesn't it sound like put out that bear rug? Like, put oh, out absolutely. that bear rug. I'm but bringing I also, the wine. I also like that it's, this is like a sexually emancipated female. Like she's saying, absolutely. This is like why I love the Pointer Sisters because jump for my love. Uh-huh. If you want, if you want my kisses in the night, then uh-huh. jump, jump. Uh-huh. They're like, or um, or um, oh, what's the other one? But all so many of their songs are like, and Donna Summer too. This is like, I want some hot stuff. Mm-hmm. They're like, I am yeah. not afraid to talk about what I want. And this song is very like, it's like, yeah, be nice to me, pleasure me peacefully. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, you have to warm up the oven slowly, which is also what I really like about it is that it's not following a trajectory of a relationship. Yeah. We're not like on that linear, this happened, then this happened, then this happened, then this happened. It like goes, it bounces around and you, you've got hands of time that's like not about, you know, it just, atmosphere. The, it's more like, it's what my favorite, a lot of my favorite stuff does, which is, it's like after you've listened to the whole thing, you like take a step back and you're like, oh. Okay. Because it does create a whole universe, this album. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not a linear story, but it's mm-hmm. a whole universe. And there's a psychology to it. Mm-hmm. There's a psychology to how, to her point of view. And to Michelle the emotional point of view. journey yeah. of it. And it is why, like, this song happens here. Because it's like a well, it's like an incredibly crafted cabaret show. In terms of mm-hmm. taking an audience uh, on a journey. Okay, so the next track is His Eyes, Her Eyes. Which I hate. It's the one track on this album. It's her flop. I so here's the thing. I was like, I don't know this one. Should we play it? Because I was like, I don't actually really. Re- I don't well, have it's it. From, so I wonder if I skip it. It's from the Thomas Crown Affair. So this is yes. your flop. This is your floppy flop. Yeah, on the- I just can't. I can't get into it. It annoys me. Why? Why would um, I go ahead? You can say as much or as less. Well, as it's you want. there's not inter- there's not uh, so there are a couple songs that kind of like live in their tempo feel world for the whole song and it works. But this one, it just doesn't. It doesn't work for me. It just feels... I, I, don't, I just don't like it. Let's it just skip that. Yeah, and guess what, kids? We're not playing it for you either. So. No, we're going to keep It's we're very like... It, I'm like, oh, okay, so what is this? Like the scene where Romeo and Juliet meet? I don't want to listen to this. It's, it feels... I guess it's just... It, I just don't like it. I just don't like it. Fuck yeah. this song. I Fuck just it. don't like Next it. Next song is Pieces of Dreams. Ugh. So <laughs> let me just say... Don't get involved with an alcoholic lighting designer, first off. Oh, good advice. Um, I, but also, I can't help myself. I also believe that this is a song that Desiree could have sung to Frederick. P.S. A Little Night Music is my favorite musical, in case I haven't like, brought that up enough. You know, like, this could, to- I could totally see, like, Desiree singing this to Frederick. I could also super see, in a lost scene from Fosse Verdon, Gwen Verdon singing this to, to Bob Fosse. Because it's, like, from this... But only Michelle Williams as Gwen Verdon. Oh yes, I'm sorry. I should have. Yeah. Thank you so much. Sorry. Thank you for clarifying. Um, it's <sighs> so like from the perspective of the former lover, who knows you and knows all of your shit. And if you turned around and came running to me, I would probably open my arms. But I'm not going to let you know that. And it just comes from this place of like you are fucking up your life, and I know it. And if you would just listen to me, this could all be so different. And fishing in streams. Fit. What is the sense of it? Little boy blue, don't let your little sheep roam. It's time come blow your horn, meet the morn. So, again, it's this very strong female saying, you know, like, little boy lost in search of little boy found. Mm-hmm. But, you know, singing to a grown man 
who refuses to grow up or act like an adult. And it's interesting that you see the things, you can see the things that could make this better, but you can't quite reach them. Yeah. When will you find what's on the tip of your mind? Why are you blind to all you ever were, never were, nearly are, clearly are? Yeah, so Pieces of Dreams just really reminds me of this terrible human that I was involved with. And I, I definitely like sent him this song at least once. Oh, did he get it? Yeah. Did he get it? He did sent he me a going? heart back. Oh, wow. <laughs> when people respond, when you're sending them cues through a song about how you think the relationship is going and they respond with emoji. That's My no. gentleman friend did that to me last night. I sent him Blossom, <laughs> Blossom Deary singing It Amazes Me, the Cy Coleman song. And I got like three hearts in response. But I've been like in a place. So that was, that was, my, that was my peace offering. I'd be like, thank you so and much I, for putting up I, with me. You're like, I, but I, had, I, didn't, I didn't say that I had already sent him 20 songs <laughs> a couple hours before that. So I wasn't, you know what I fucking. You're lucky to get anything back. You know yeah. what I hate is when like your pieces just like the things you send them. I hate when they like, like it. I hate the like in the text. Hey, so do you want to meet up? Like, do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, that's can... not appropriate. No, no, I know what the like is, but I mean, to me, the like is like confirmed. Like, if we're making whatever, that's like how or how I get my mom off my back. <laughs> oh, you, you just say like confirmed. It. You're just like, like, that's it. That's it. I'm just gonna yeah. like your comment. And now we're done. With yeah, the she'll be like, oh, we're going to so and so's this weekend. The girls have a ballet right. recital. Like, <laughs> saw. I don't know what to say. Yeah, I can't can't keep going on this banal conversation, mom. <laughs> no. Oh, I'm gonna keep talking about what I hate. <clears throat> Sarah Vaughn's inspiring me. The also the haha when you're when you when you. <laughs> You hate texting in general. I really do. But when they're like, when I'm like, I had a really bad day, and they just respond, ha ha. It's like, oh, yeah. no, no, Yeah, no, I've no, had no, no, people yeah. do that to me. I'm a verbose texter. I can't deny oh, do you, are you, are you it. Are you paragraphs? Are you Yeah, I just, I can't. And do you keep red receipts? Do you have you. red receipts it's on? No. It's, your, it's your live journal. It's your Never. live journal. No, it's just like, I can't, I just, I've sort of, I mean, I try to edit myself as much as possible but I'm like right. no like if you don't want to deal with me being a verbose texter then send me an email mm. because then which uh, is know, what we did it is mm-hmm. it is we communicate is. with you over email I I'm I'm okay with being a verbose texter at this point yep you own it I'm not gonna fight it that's good it. you know yeah, that about yourself and okay the next track is what I think is the most romantic song on the album blue green gray and gone mm-hmm. I mean we should also talk about like how many of these songs fuck because like fuck. they all yeah they fuck. they're like some they fucking bang yeah yeah no this one is so so this is actually so the original the album in its original release was ten songs so this oh. is where the original album ended and then the two the two other songs were like when Bonus it was remastered re released yeah oh. and those last two songs are not Michelle Grand songs we'll get to them uh, so this is actually the end of the album proper and it's wow. like the way. The water imagery. It's just this this song is the answer to the question that the, the summer knows yeah, yeah. started with. Mm-hmm. Cool. And this That's song so cool. is so uh I this song is like super I know things now. It's like I am at I don't I don't like the term at peace, but it is like I understand what happened. Mm-hmm. Like whether I'm happy or sad or whatever about it, now I understand what happened and the way it tracks through, you know, first your eyes were blue and what that meant, then they were green and what that meant and the thing that like really kills me about this song i think i wrote down the uh the minute mark um is it at 255 where she gets to like there's this modulation just for her to sing the word gone and the way so she sings blue green gray and gone green gray And the whole thing modulates up, and that, like, that's another one of those moments where lyrical content and music, like, everything, and she's got the chorus swelling under her, just, like, everything joins together to just be like, here it is. This is the, here's everything you ever needed from a musical moment to be fully realized. Go on. 
take off. And to off. close out the album, yeah. too, you know, to kind of, to kind of send this album on its way. To fly mm-hmm. away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's so romantic, though, because of all, like, just how much knowledge she has about whoever's eyes those are, mm-hmm. you know? She's thought about this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's she's, so full. She's thought about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, it, it's not sad, because again, it's got that groove. It's got that, It does. it's not like a bop, but it also has that, somehow these tempos are just so good at, Accurate, accurately identifying a very specific emotional space. And mm-hmm. I think that's that's what gives a lot of the other songs so much strength because, you know, they're his arrangements. He's conducting them. So that ability to have, like, four different tempo feels in one song. And here it's that, like, this is really, like, we're putting our clothes back on, put on your flip-flops, roll up your towel, and let's leave the beach. So that's the end of the actual album. Then we have two bonus songs. Two bonus songs, which you get <coughs> on Spotify, where they call it Sarah Vaughn with Michael Legrand. Oh. Yeah. That's a shame. <laughs> would, you, would, you, would you tell... I keep saying kids. The kids. It's such an old gay thing to say. The children. Um, would you tell the children uh, to just to stop there? No, because I didn't know that... This wasn't the whole number oh, one so complete you're, album. I thought your full experiences, yeah, yeah. And when I when I learned that, I was like, oh yeah, then it it, it tracks that that feel like oh yeah, that does make sense because honestly, these two songs feel like the encores. Mm. Oh wow, wow, they really do. Yeah, Th- they She's are the stage, and then she gets to kind of come back and do some fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because Wave is such a it's such a um, warm like. not cozy but it feels like was it like warm toffee Mm. kind of uh, like happy love song but again it's not like bright and bouncy happy and it's got like so seductive don't try to fight the rising sea Theme of water with you and this album. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Summer water. Yeah. Right. Passing. Water's all about passing through. It's very. Yeah. It has. I mean, God knows the album feels like there's ebbing and flowing and that kind of stuff. So it's uh, Jobim, one of the uh, Bossa Nova kings of Brazil, wrote the original song. He did both the Portuguese and the English lyrics, which is always interesting to me because mm. I'm always curious about. Um, I don't speak Portuguese. I don't speak French. That like comparison of in the language in which it was uh, written and intended and how do the, what, what is lost in translation, quite literally, or right. gained, yeah. right. or gained. And then the final track I is can't even, you Deep guys, in the Night. You guys, this what? is Tell the us. sexiest song I have ever heard. But when the sun goes down, that's when I feel, I feel cold, I feel cold and old. Hold me. I really forget. I think about you. Put it down, and I think about you. Make some coffee, and I think about you. Watch the pillow. Watch the pillow, and I'll. 
Even the night I get lonely Why didn't I try someone new It didn't work out I know, I know Don't I know Really? Wow. Okay. Yeah. So we had a lot of thoughts. Yeah. I, had, I had a lot of thoughts when I first heard it. And I was trying to look it up and I was like, Well, do you know, is okay, this so it's from a musical called Inner City that played, I think, 96 performances over the winter of 71, 72. Wow. Um, the video, there is a video available. I don't know if the um, track from the album has it, but this incredible monologue by the woman who sings it. And the arrangement is nothing nothing like really? this it's a much more like standard yeah. fare uh which is so interesting with a lot of the songs on the album the ways in which they were just the that's so are totally fun different. That you, you hear what like pe- traditionally people have done i, I love that i, I want to do that i'm going to do that you know go back and listen to and then mm-hmm. really get to, to get a sense of the artistry that she's bringing to it mm-hmm. and the flair and, her, and, and the idea as i saw i saw somebody mention online his willingness to completely reinvent his songs yeah. That there was no, this is the way this is written, that he just like completely reinvented so many of these songs. And imagine the inspiration you're getting from Sarah Vaughn, too. You imagine how sim- um... symbiotic. Yep. That's right. Oh my gosh, this album fucking slaps. Everyone get this. If you, if you, yeah. What a fun deep dive because I think it's like, now I'm going to go back with this and have so much fun. I just, I like, you can invest in the listening experience because mm. it is eminently rewarding. So how has Sarah, Sarah affected your life? You're, you're, you're a singer. Um, she's definitely my favorite. She's your favorite. She's definitely my favorite because uh, uh, a lot of it does have to do with uh, how much time she spends singing in a lower register that I really, really, really love hearing. And um, the way she just seems to have such joy in I think kind of like what you mentioned being like, what am I going to do with this today? Mm-hmm. Like, how am mm-hmm. I going to hit these notes right now? Because there is no definitive version for her, it seems, of songs that she sings. There's always just being so present and in the moment and what that means for the vocal choices that she makes on any given day. Um, and I, I, I just can't get enough of how she continued to evolve because if you listen to like her early recording of I'm through with love and then one of these songs it's it's like astounding and yes every singer every singer's voice grows and change changes but hers just I mean the way in which it just like continued to expand over the course Mm. of her career and how her it seems like her point of view shifted too I mean I would imagine from being a young singer working with a lot of these very famous jazz musicians and bands and stuff and touring and opening for Ella Fitzgerald to becoming this national treasure that was Sarah Vaughn and your There's confidence. There's the Sarah and... Vaughn Award. Yeah. Which is the preeminent vocal jazz award that there is. It's a competition for it. So there's, you know, there's a reason why <clears throat> she's the one with the big international vocal competition uh, award named after her. Yeah. Oh, and I was gonna, I was going, I'm gonna promote you a little bit and tell you, um, after you're done with this album, look up Molly Pope on YouTube. Yeah, do your it. version but of Airplane over, over the, the sea. sea. Your interpretation gives me some Sarah Vaughan. That was a, right that there. was that was a Kenny Melman recommendation. There are very few people who, if they say I think you should sing this song, I actually do. And like every time he has told me to sing a song, I've been like, great, yes, thank you. Your voice yeah, has such fun. power. And the it's so loud. Also, look her up and look her up on the skivvy. Yeah, you can see her in her underwear. Starts with Brenda Lee's. I'm sorry. Twenty five pounds ago. Oh, mm. but looking gorgeous. Still looking gorgeous. Do you have anything you want to promote or talk about? Or um, I'm doing the Afterglow Festival in Provincetown, which happens after Labor Day in September, and my show is going to be called Molly Pope, a Gay Man at a Piano. And I'm not, <laughs> oh, like, I'm not overthinking this. God, I just like yes. wrung every ounce of everything out of myself for Polly Mope. So we're just going to do like whatever I, whatever the heck I feel just like some, doing. Just some Jerry Herman songs. I'm going to do everything I can to not 
think. The hills are alive. With yeah, I'm thinking about maybe opening with Celebrity Skin. Oh, nah. -uh. I want to cool. see that. Someone tape that. Someone tape so that. So maybe I'll like come and do that at the duplex. But that's that's the only thing that's uh, really next, and it is all about like just have fun. Like, are you able to put together a bunch of songs you love? Not overthink it. Not have can. everything be a bit. Or I would love to challenge myself to like actually not write anything down for it. Like mm. just just stand on the stage and what rip? happens? Yeah, what happens if I'm just like super casual? So I'm going to try to run as far as I can uh, in, in the that other direction. direction. That's mm -hmm. very Saravon of you. We, Thank you. I will meet you in the middle. Thank, Thank you, you, Molly Pope. Everyone Thank go you guys. see Molly's show in Provincetown. This and is fabulous. Listen to this amazing album for your summer. Fabulous, fabulous, fabulous. Yeah, fabulous. and you can email me and tell me how much I was right on how amazing this album is. Yeah, yeah. And, and she will. And she will email back and a I lot. I follow yeah. her on Twitter. She's yeah. really funny and a yeah. fun person. Not Facebook. Follow. Nope, only on Facebook when I have a show to promote because otherwise, there's don't need there. that noise. I encourage you to embrace it. Yes. yes. Embrace, Seriously. not embrace it. Will you come yes. back and uh, do another album with us? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks All right. so much. Thank you, Molly. Thanks. Bye, babies. Bye, Bye, Battle Angels. Bye, Love Battle you. Angels. Bye. Bye. The most beautiful sound Stop saying.